Welcome to issue 27 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at the most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Kennedy Hawk, and joining me is Mustafa, Daniel, and Steve. How's it going, Mustafa? All right, how are you? Really good. Daniel, Steve, you guys are here too? Absolutely, how are you? Yeah, I'm here, glad to have you. I'm doing excellent. I'm feeling very villainous tonight. Mm, good. So, Mustafa, what's on your mind? Well, tonight I have something from uh, uh, somebody you will never guess the identity of, but I'll tell you what this person said. This person said, one cannot accomplish anything without fanaticism. This is mm. one of those deep ones, huh? Yeah. <laughs> deep one. Well, you know, most of our people are somewhat fanatical, we would we would all agree. And I True. think this is an acknowledgement that, you, you know, they're out there to accomplish something. And if you're not fanatical, you're not going to get there. Focused people get things done. I like it. That's right. And the person <laughs> the person who uttered this gem was Eva Perón. Really? Yes. Wow. Indeed. My, my Argentine wife will be very proud. Uh, I, I selected with her in mind. Um, <laughs> no, wow. Nothing bad implied. Um, no, no, of course not. Yeah. And for the for our listener who might not know who Eva Peron was, she was the wife of uh, a dictator, pretty much, or just a misunderstood gentleman. That's true, a misunderstood gentleman who wanted to bring order and um, whatever else to Argentina. unfairly labeled. Got it. Unfairly, unfairly labeled unfair, dictator, yeah. so called. Yeah. Yes. You, of course, mo- probably most know Evita from um, Madonna's portrayal of her in the movie. Ah, I'm sure, there you I'm go. sure that's where most of our our listener <laughs> will will know Eva Peron from, but yeah, yeah, that's true for me. So, yeah. don't cry for me, Argentina. That's right, <laughs> because yes. <laughs> so we do have a fourth guest with us tonight, Kennedy Hawk. Who is this masked villain joining us tonight? Why don't you uh, tell us how people know you? Oh, I'm Kennedy Hawk. I'm from the Marvel Champions Monthly Podcast. I've done a little bit of content for all sorts of FFG games, but I've been playing FFG games for a long time. So Marvel Champions is my favorite one, um, and mainly because of the fun villains. So this is great. That's right. So who who's your favorite villain then in the game? I knew you were going to ask me that, and it upsets me, because every time I get asked this, I change the answer. Um, so oh. right now it's Kingpin, because I've been reading a lot of Daredevil. And uh, Kingpin was once mayor of New York City. He's clearly just trying to make New York City a better place. He's not trying to be a bad guy at all. So right now I'm I'm really into Kingpin, reading a lot of old Daredevil runs of Kingpin versus Daredevil. Him mainly sending helpful suggestions after Daredevil, telling him to quit doing his investigating. Nothing bad. All right. Uh, I got one more question for you. Who, which hero do you love hearing about when they get beat up? Which hero do I love hearing about get beat up? Ooh. Yeah. Wait, this, does uh, that, does that happen? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, ha- it's happened to a few. Yeah. I've heard rumors. Maybe even in the game, like when you see, you know, your buddy playing and he, his, his character gets, you know, killed off or something. Well, in the game, I really like when Captain America gets beat up because he can do anything. Um, in the comics, I'm going to say Hercules. There's a lot of issues where Hercules' arrogance gets the best of him because he's kind of just an, an arrogant tool, right? Um, and there's some really good panels. A lot of them are like classic panels of the Wrecking Crew with just, you know, clouds of smoke as as Hercules gets 
jumped by the four wrecking crew members. So I'm going to go with Hercules. So arrogant. Awesome. And so expensive. Jeez. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm really excited to be on a villainous show. I had to tell you guys one story from my history. So when I was a little kid okay. back in the youth of Kennedy Hawk, I loved the villains. Like I liked Darth Vader growing up. I thought Magneto was the coolest back in Jim Lee, X-Men number one. My parents were probably really worried about me. Um, and only recently I started to like the heroes more. It's kind of disgusting, but I've swapped to the heroes. And now I've got kids of my own. And my son likes to get very philosophical while he's watching things. And I can't remember what we were watching on Disney Plus. One of the Marvel shows with like the the teeny tiny superheroes. It's like Muppet Babies, but for Marvel characters. Oh, yeah. Yep. He t- turns to me in the middle of the episode and he goes, "That's really unfair. The bad guy never wins. This isn't fair." And he he was extremely distraught about it. And I saw myself in him. I'm like, "That's how I felt as a kid. It's never fair for those villains." So. Apparently, I'm raising a supervillain right now, but maybe that's what my parents thought. Good work. 30-some years ago, so we'll see. Yeah, good job there. They do all that planning and all that preparation, and then some random vigilantes in funny clothes come and, like, ruin everything. Yeah, a bunch of guys wearing their pajamas to stop them. What a bunch of jerks. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that is a perfect story for this podcast. I've been saving it. It happened, I guess I said it was a couple weeks ago. It was a couple of months ago, and I was like, I got to get on there so I can tell people this story. I can leave now. I'll see you. I like how your your kid has very realistic expectations. Yeah. Everything is fair in the world. I get it. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let him have them. All right. We're going to roll into one of our little segments here, our Intelligentsia segment, where we have the greatest villainous minds answer some questions submitted by our listeners or listener i suppose daniel why don't you read uh question number one for us and uh, we'll go around the horn and give it an answer all right question number one comes from a, a valued member of of the community if you could bring any villain from outside the marvel universe from any ip not just comics who do you think would be the most fun to play against can i go first on this one because i thought a lot about this Yes, please. I want to see the mouth of Sauron as a villain in this game. Ah, it could be interesting. Specifically the way he's portrayed in the movies. As, as a giant mouth. <laughs> as that, yes. just, just that same look, that art. like Everything about that moment is so beautiful and one of my favorite parts in the movie. So, And I think it's actually part only in the uh, extended version. Is that true? It'd be, it'd be very comic booky, that's for sure. Yeah. I mean, just... I don't know what powers he would have, but I suspect he'd have a pretty high like scheme ability and not yeah. much attack. Um, and he'd be kind of a spellcaster type. Like I just, I just think it'd be really fun to have him, just because he looks so good. Yeah, they um, have a lot, of, a lot of orc minions. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to see the contortions that the writers would have to get into about the multiverse to make that happen, Daniel. Well, it doesn't matter. This is a fun thought experiment. I'm the very question says from any IP. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I'm, I'm questioning the premise of the question, which I probably shouldn't. Don't, because the questioner is on this very cast. Oh, oops. Okay, good. That's not a listener <laughs> question. This is cheating. <laughs> Yeah, we, we might have planted this. So, uh, <laughs> What about you, Steve? What do you think? I think it would be really fun to have Moriarty from the Sherlock stuff oh, as yeah. a villain. You could have all these different schemes going at the same time, and you could be like thwarting everything the heroes do. Uh, again, I don't, you know, he wouldn't have a high attack value and things like that, but um, I think scheme wise and just befuddling the heroes, you could really, 
really do a number on him. So I think he'd be a lot of fun. I like that. Sounds cool. It's a good good answer. How about you, Moose? Well, my answer is not going to be nearly as good as yours because, uh, A, I didn't really think about these questions beforehand. <laughs> uh, B, the villain that jumped um, into my mind isn't actually really a villain villain uh but i think that's kind of uh par for this podcast and i i, I see the the moment i mention him i'm running the danger of basically elucidating a who from you guys okay but all right i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna go for it harry flashman who there who? you go cricket uh-huh. harry, <laughs> so if if you guys haven't read the the series the first one is called Flashman by George McDonald Fraser. You're missing out. These are excellent books. The author died not too long ago, 2008, I think. But he he created this fictional character called Harry Flashman. He actually appears as a character in some, you know, 19th century book. And he's a bully in a school. And so this author took this character who didn't have a huge part in this book and then made like asked the question well what would he be like if he grew up and in these series of books the guy basically works his way up the chain and becomes a decorated general he basically participates in pretty much every every kind of skirmish etc uh, uh, you know real and kind of guerrilla type of war uh, of the era and in every single one he succeeds by being a toady and a coward and and get, <laughs> gets knighted and gets uh you know gets to be like the number 2 in the british army right before world war 1 that character is amazing he's he's basically the the very definition of i don't want to say lovable but but a rogue as rogues are real life so Harry Flashman. He would be very fun to play against because you couldn't really pin him down. There's like there there would have to be cards that would have him kind of run away or cast blame on someone else or put someone in front of him right when he's going to uh, get attacked, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Like he he gives every minion the guard keyword. Pretty much, pretty okay. much. Yes, uh, that could be <laughs> one of his powers. Yes. What thought provoking answers? This was good. The question was so great. Yeah. The question yeah. itself was. Uh, okay. <laughs> I read the. I read that this was getting asked like five minutes before this. So I asked my villainous son what villain he wants to see in a card game, and he told me Bowser from Mario Brothers, which could be very humorous in this game with the Koopa Kids coming out, and you can either kill him by fire pellets or jump over him and hit the hammer from the the old Mario Brothers. <laughs> I'm nice. I'm a big nice. fan. Alternate win conditions for both sides, probably. Yeah. Yeah. Save the princess or kidnapper. Either way. Yeah. yeah. Liberate. Liberate. <laughs> That's, that's a good answer. <laughs> yeah. All right, so we have one more listener question we're going to ask or answer. Who is your least favorite villain in the Marvel Champions card game? And this was asked by the uh, guys over at Northern Lights over Arkham. Mm. So our least favorite villain in the card game. Now, is this like villain or this also means minion bad guy as well? Should we open it up? Yeah, I think we'll have to open it up. Okay. And I don't know if this means to play against them or... Uh, just thematics or what? Mm-hmm. So I can guess mooses. You can. Yeah. You can. Oh, All right. Right. He's, Write he's it down say- on a piece of paper. You're gonna have to hold it up to the camera. All right. I'll uh I'll type it to Daniel. How about that? Okay. Because I I don't know. So does that mean I should go first? Yep. Go yeah. ahead. I've yep, got, go I've ahead. got Steve's. I got Steve's answer. Modok. Steve got it. I got really? it. Really? <laughs> yep. Yep. I am nothing if not transparent. <laughs> 
Well, yeah, I, I, I completely unexciting the very definition of a one. I mean, most of these people are one dimensional. Let's face it, but this is so one dimensional that he's bordering on the you know being less than one dimensional. Also, a blunt force, no subtlety. Ironically, although he's meant to be kind of hard to play against there is an obvious answer to dealing with him which is to not touch him and just let him sit there and deal with his plus two scheme plus two attack somehow but that's i do not i it's not enjoyable fascinating how about you steve i think i'm gonna agree with moose this time around i also am not a big fan of playing against modok i like the rest of the cards in this set uh the biomechanical upgrades are a lot of fun they're like you know you have to double double kill something but there's something about modok that's just annoying and both to play against and like i i can picture him in some of the uh, animated series i watch with my kids and he's really obnoxious and annoying in that as well so Hmm. i've had very little fun in the company of charmless joyless ultron that's another good one i just don't i just don't like playing against him and i think it's because i i get really angry when my own cards hit me Yep, I could have called that one too. I don't, I don't like, I don't like the mechanic of it at all. <laughs> so you don't like, like your stuff being stolen. Yes, take my stuff and hit me with it. You would no, think no. as a villain, I would kind of applaud that, but uh, there's just something about it. I, I've never liked that mechanic in any game ever that did it. And so yeah, Ultron, that's mine. My instincts tell me to say Doctor Strange because he's just too strong. Um, but if I'm picking a real minion or villain. I really dislike She-Hulk's nemesis because she's so easy to contain and control. You just get her down to really low HP and ignore her the rest of the game. And just like mm. you guys said with Modok, that, that's boring to me. I want a minion that's going to threaten me and make me eliminate them from the board because they're so terrifying and powerful. Not just get them to low damage and ignore them. No good. Yeah, that's a good one too. You dislike her so much you can't even remember her name. Uh, Titania. Titania. There you go. <laughs> I dislike her so much I just wiped it from my mind. Yeah. Her backstory was kind of interesting, though. Was. Yeah. True. Yeah. Speaking of backstories, Steve, what are we doing here tonight? Yeah, so tonight is a Shadow of the Past episode. This is going to be our final core set review, finally, where we... Wait, what? Are you saying without finishing the core set? That's right. We're going to finish the core set tonight, and we are going to take a look at Captain Marvel's nemesis, Yanrog. And uh, Kennedy is going to tell us all about Yanrog. What we were missing was a scholar. That's why we waited so long to right. do this nemesis. Well, I don't want to disappoint you too much, but I didn't do a ton of research about Yanrog. So let me open up the wiki page right now. This is the Supreme Intelligence of the Kree Empire, downloading historical archive on treasonous traitor Yanrog. I didn't know Vicky had that kind of voice. I just had some kind of weird out-of-body experience here, and now all of a sudden I know everything. I don't need this Wikipedia page. Let me close it. Awesome. All right. <laughs> so, Thank you for that, Dan. That was awesome. I don't know what you're talking about. Oh, the Supreme Intelligence thing. Yeah, right. So in the comics, the Supreme Intelligence isn't like it was in the movies. If you've watched the Captain Marvel movie recently, it's this like blobby head in a tube with all sorts of liquid. It's one of my favorite uh, villains to deal with. All right, so Yanrog is a Kree. You can probably tell that from his traits. And he has a long storied history in the Marvel Universe. He appeared, first appeared in 1967 um, in an issue starring an entirely different Captain Marvel. So not the Carol Danvers we know, but Marvell, who was also a member of 
actually Jan Rog's Cree like strike team. So they were on the same team. So this is sort of the predecessor to Carol Danvers' Captain Marvel. This was the original Captain Marvel that Jan Rog first appeared with. So their first appearance were in the same issue. And it's really a tragic story. So Jan Rog is just a star-crossed lover. So he uh. was in love with the original Marvels at the time lover slash girlfriend Una, who was a medic on their strike force team. And he made it abundantly clear in the first seven panels that he is in. But she didn't seem to care. She was obviously mesmerized by this evil villainous Marvel, and Jan Rog just wasn't gonna have any of that. So they spent 20 or so issues with Jan Rog setting up Marvel for failure, abandoning him on Earth, or sending a giant super scroll after him, hoping that he would be eliminated or, you know, back off from his girl, I guess. The giant super scroll, so the one that's referred to as the super scroll, he actually arranged a battle between the two, thinking that that would overpower Marvel. He shot he shot missiles at him, he activated giant robotic sentries, um, all sorts of things. And every single time, Marvel, like the typical hero jerk, just stopped him in his tracks. It was like one thwart activation done. Nothing, nothing could work out. Mm. So this lasted for like twenty-ish issues. Obviously, he was justified because he was the better mate, and everyone knew that. But didn't work out. He has a lot shorter history in the Marvel comics than the other Nemesis minions. So, for example, Vulture has over two hundred and thirty what they call main appearances in Marvel comics. Jan Rog has 33. So 20 of them are right there in like 1967. Wow. That's a big difference. So let's talk about powers really quick. So he is a superpowered Kree. So he has the abilities of normal Kree people, which is a bunch of resistances to poisons and diseases. He's at peak physical condition compared to humans on Earth. And he can shoot photonic blasts just like his nemesis foil in Marvel Champions, Captain Marvel. So he can shoot those photonic blasts. He doesn't get to draw cards for it, though, which is really annoying. So um, his history is kind of all over the place. He had a few other missions, uh, mainly focused on him and Marvel coming to Earth. And there's a couple like Backflash miniseries that occurred in like the 80s and 90s. And they focused on that rivalry of him trying to thwart Marvel. During that original run is his first um, interaction with Carol Danvers, though. So she wasn't Captain Marvel yet. At the time, she was just a normal human. And I'm at the sort of the peak of this run. Jan Rog is just getting really irritated with Marvel, and he kidnaps Carol as a way to get back at him. He's got her kidnapped, part of one of his heroic ploys. Throughout this course, Marvel, of course, thwarts him and causing a nearby Kree device to explode. This Kree device is the Psyche Magnetron, and this device oh. can make any thought come into reality. So you think of something, and it appears. It's like a out of Star Trek, you just go press the button and a hamburger appears, whatever you want. It just clearly Marvel's a jerk because he blew up this machine that could have solved all of the world's problems. Thanos wouldn't have snapped. Jan Rog had it under control. Yeah. So. Jeepers. And to make matters worse, when this machine explodes, all sorts of energy goes all over the place and it gives Carol her half Cree physiology and powers. So this is when Carol gets her photonic blasts and all sorts of crazy things. So in a way, Jan Rog made Carol Danvers. So she has no reason to be calling him her nemesis or complaining about him at all. It's just ridiculous. Totally. Ungrateful. Ungrateful. Also during this initial run, so like it's it's a bunch of one-of issues where he like throws a different bad guy of the week at Marvel. Um it turns out at one point that uh you find out that Jan Rog really wasn't even the bad guy. So they were on the same strike team. And this was all arranged by Ronan the Accuser, who was in that recent print and play set. 
and some other Kree that's shown up in even less issues named Zarek. Not Zorak from Space Ghost, but Zarek. So they were teaming up and pitting Jan Rog and Marvel against each other in hopes that they would overcome the Supreme Intelligence and they would become the rulers of the Kree race. So Ronan and Zarek were really pulling the strings, getting in Jan Rog's heroic way. After that, he disappears for many decades. And then they started like thinking about some movie about Captain Marvel. So all of a sudden, he appeared back in the comics around 2013. And they pit him against Carol, just coincidentally. Um, he had this big interaction with Carol right before one of the big crossovers happened. And what he did there is he they had a psychic link because of this psyche magnetron explosion that happened 50 years ago in our Earth time, but probably five years ago in sliding Marvel time. So he was using this psychic connection to like bring manifestations of villains from Carol's past. So he summons a manifestation of Deathbird, who's this like psychotic lady from the Shi'ar Empire in space. And he brings back all sorts of villains that Carol has to fight. And then eventually she figures out this is Jan Rog causing all these problems. He does all sorts of things. Like he knows that New York City is like a really scuzzy place. So he tries to drop a Cree city on top of it, just trying to replace something with something better. Of course, Carol stops him. All sorts of just, you know, heroic things that he's trying to do that Carol stops. At the end, she realizes the only way to stop him is to sever this psychic link that they have. So she basically blows up her mind, getting rid of this psychic link. And it wipes all of her memories out from like the past five to 10 years, all the time she's been a superhero. So all of a sudden she's like in the middle of battle, she wipes out all her memories. She still knows how to fight and she defeats Jan Rog and she's working with her Avengers team. And she's like, Captain America, who the heck are you? You look like a dork. So all of a sudden, all the people that have been her best friends for many years are completely like wiped out. You could say that the veils have been lifted from her eyes. Yeah, exactly. I'm I'm with a bunch of dorks wearing pajamas, as you so happily put it. (laughs) Maybe I should be on this Jan Rog guy's team, although he's punching me, so I'm not sure. (laughs) So that's that's Jan Rog's like comic history. He was in the Marvel or Captain Marvel movie a couple years ago where they they played a similar situation so he was like the mentor for carol in the movie kind of like he was the strike team leader for the original marvell turns out that spoiler alert if you haven't seen the movie turn this off for like 30 seconds he betrays her just like he does in all his comic stories with marvell and with captain marvel uh, betrays her about two-thirds of the way through the movie she breaks the inhibitor that he's placed on her to limit her powers, which was kind of like her breaking the psychic link. And she beats the smithereens out of him, sends him back to the Kree Empire with a warning message. But hopefully that means we'll see him again. And that's that's Jan Rog in a nutshell. Misunderstood, just trying to replace New York City with something fancier from outer space. Oh, I, I brought some panel art too. So here's some classic lines of Jan Rog or people describing Jan Rog. Jan Rog's hand is slowly toying with the sights of the ship's laser, almost as if, no, stop him. No, no, halt medic Una. So he doesn't, <laughs> like, he's, he's just trying to help her and she doesn't understand. Um, the next panel, he's putting her in handcuffs and she says, no, you mustn't. Don't you see he's a murderer? But obviously he's just trying to help her out. She just doesn't get it yet. So se- several panels like that. That's like the first 20, 20 issues of his history. Hmm. Classy guy. <laughs> He's not the first uh, villain that they've brought back for a movie that was coming out. So, and he won't be the last. No, and it's won't. clear it's clear that he did it all for love. Yeah, that's the thing. See that fist in his card? That's him so like inflamed in love that he can't contain it. So he's like gritting his teeth because he's he's, he's got to do something to hold still. <laughs> How many comics did you read for him? Did you read a few or? Uh... 
so I read those first 20 issues, or it's the first 18 issues of the first Captain Marvel run, and then I think he first appeared, it was in, like, Marvel Super Heroes 12 through 14. That's when him and, like, the Kree race and all of that is introduced right there. Hmm. There was a three-issue miniseries in, like, the 80s that I didn't read. I just skimmed. And then I read the newest Captain Marvel run, because it's only, like, five issues long. So, I mean, I think I just described 28 of his 33 issues. So there's, <laughs> there's a few missing in there, but... In and out, man. Quick, quick with this guy. Yeah. Yeah, he gets the job done. All right. Well, I, you know, for my, the, you know, the thing I look for every time, the re, the relatability grade. I don't know. I'm going to give this guy like a C minus. Can't relate out. to being in love and getting. You've never been no jealous as an before? answer, Daniel. You're lying. I've, no one's ever said no to Daniel. Nah. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I mean, like, okay. I mean, but like, I don't know. I want some like really scarring, troubling past to like. Make you're me just, you're just digging yeah. deeper, and now you're saying you've never been scarred by love. I'm more than just those scars, Moose. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I just, you know, like, do you guys find them interesting? No, I think it sounds like a Brazilian soap opera, honestly. It, it does. <laughs> oh, I was waiting for his like long forgotten son to appear and say, I'm Rogyan. No, <laughs> none of that yet. Okay, I find it interesting that he's really more of Captain Marvel's nemesis yeah. than captain marvel's nemesis yeah that 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 is also kree's name kree a kree named marvel by total chance yeah yeah they, they were kree really named... they were really scraping the bottom of the barrel back in the 60s in terms of writing plots and characters yeah everyone was alliteration back then and stuff right so and carol was around back then she just wasn't captain marvel right she spent several years as miss marvel and as carol danvers and as binary all before she became the captain marvel we know now so and not his fault yeah i've only seen the movie and i haven't read any of the comic books about her and like the beginning so are they are they conflating marvel and captain marvel in the beginning of i think movie? In, she's, she's on in, his strike team right like that's how it starts yep i think in the movie the the old lady that Dr. Lawson. Dr. Lawson. I, think yeah. I think that's like the original Marvel in uh the okay. movie verse. Yep. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I was sort of I was sort of confused for most of that movie, to be honest. Like I feel like there's something I'm missing. Shall we uh shall we take a look at the cards? Why not? Yeah. I feel like I'm gonna have a lot of theme questions on these cards. You had me monologuing segment here. We've got Jan Rogs, five cards, four of them are unique, plus the obligation. So Captain Marvel's obligation is family emergency. Give to the Carol Danvers player. You may flip to alter ego form and choose. Exhaust Carol Danvers, remove family emergency from the game, or you are stunned. This card gains surge, discard this obligation, and it has two boost icon. Well, as we learned from our interview with What's-His-Name, this is their paternalistic <laughs> way of telling us that we have to become a alter ego and go home. Right. If you get stuck having to choose the second option... It's really bad. Yeah, stun and surge, so... Not a choice. <laughs> It's so bad. <laughs> you're only going to choose this if you're already tapped, basically. Right? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. If uh yeah, I guess this is another reason to not play Captain Marvel's helmet, because you don't want to like entice yourself to defending. To defend, but yeah. I don't know if I'd do that anyway. So yeah. We know exactly. you'd never play protection cards anyways, right? Gross. Disgusting. Gross. Green cards are gross. <laughs> um, so here's my question about this one. What's the family emergency? I don't like who's I have that no guy idea. Yeah, that that was like, my question too. I don't get how this is her obligation story wise. That's clearly Jan Rog's cousin. Oh. <laughs> that does look like her in the art, 
and there's no credit there, so it's lifted from a panel. Uh, so does she in real life have no obligations, and so they just had to fake one? No, it's from a panel. He, that This is the comic book. Yeah. It just but, doesn't... It's just not related to Yanrog stuff, right? Because uh, her yeah. her run is a lot longer than Yanrog's run. So Correct. Well, the obligations are never related to the nemesis, right? Right. Okay, well, so that's fine. I'm just like wondering, like in her story, did she have some big family that she was always putting fires out for? Like, I don't remember. Like, I have no idea. I feel like I thought this was going to be like a military thing, right? Because she's always right? been like, yeah. like, I'm still in the Air Force, but I'm an Avenger, but hospital bed, dude. We could yep. sit here, look at this, and speculate for the rest for of the podcast. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So I have a complaint about obligations. Can I do one complaint really quick? I really yeah. wish, and I think you guys probably said this before, I really wish the exhausting one is the one that discarded the obligation. Because it would make me think about taking the other option. Um, well, yes. Apparently we're not supposed to think about the other option. I won't think about it anymore. Okay, good. Unless I defend. <laughs> Unless I defend. Then you don't have a choice. Anyway. We should have uh, Kennedy Hawk here tell us about Jan Rog himself, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. Yeah, Jan Rog is Captain Marvel's nemesis. He has two boost icons, two scheme, three attack with a star, and five health. He is elite and Kree traded. The star is a forced response. After Jan Rog attacks, place one threat on the Psyche Magnetron with flavor text. It isn't real power unless they fear you. That's Jan Rog. So. He's a reasonable nemesis minion. I mean, he's got two scheme, which is never good for a minion on the hero side and is always good on the villain side. Three attack is nothing to sneeze at. When he comes out, you know that the side scheme is going to be in play. But once he gets shuffled back into the deck and you hit him with one photonic blast and he goes away, then he's a lot less scary with his forced response. It doesn't doesn't trigger a ton. Yeah, even that first time he comes out with only five health, he might not ever actually attack you. So that might not ever go off. I, uh, I played a bunch of Captain Marvel games to prepare for this, and I did have one time when I decked out as Carol, and I drew Shadows of the Past, and then my second encounter card was Gang Up, but that was the only time I ever saw his ability go off, and that was, you know, a 1 in 32,000 chance or something, right? So, <laughs> yeah. Not very often. Right. I have had a game too where I had other minions more important to worry about. It was a decision to, you know, kill Yanrog or kill somebody else. So, you know, he, he did get to attack one time. Um, and honestly, so what if he puts a threat on the Psyche Magnetron? Is that the end of the world? Probably not. Mm-hmm. One threat. Yeah. Not going to do much. Moose, why don't you tell us about the Psyche Magnetron? Then we'll know. Uh, I will gladly tell you about the Psyche Magnetron. It looks like a a giant centrifuge and there's like purple stuff coming out of it. Oh, but you want to know about what the card does, I guess. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, uh, I'll, I'll, it's a side scheme, obviously. And uh, the card itself claims that it is a Kree device with the power to turn thoughts into reality. In the hands of Yonrog, it would be a devastating weapon. I have a question. In whose hands would it not be a devastating weapon? Give me that thing. It, it would be a pretty devastating weapon. I mean, put it in the hands of my five-year-old. It would be a scary-ass weapon. So <laughs> I don't know what's so special about Jan Rog's hands here, people. Uh, but maybe people can correct me. Anyway, the best thing about this card is really its boost icons. It's just your regular, standard, somewhat boring side scheme. Comes with three and then scales up with the number of players. 
and it makes you draw extra cards if you don't get rid of it, which you will. One player game, it's a four threat, which can be tricky if you're playing like... All it takes is one for justice. Yeah, you got to be playing justice, right? Um, I guess. Yeah. So if you're playing aggression, you should have enough to take Yanrog out so that he's not putting more threat on it. If you're playing Justice, you can get rid of the Psychic Magnetron before Yanrog puts any threat on it. Or if you're playing Aggression, you just hit Yanrog over the head and he doesn't get to put threat on anything. Yeah. Well, look, all these side schemes and nemeses and all they are little speed bumps yep. on the way to heroic victory. My Blue. wish is that the speed bumps mattered more, yeah. you know, like or that our villains could take advantage of these speed bumps a little bit better than they do, you know, because like, yeah, this is a turn you're not thwarting against the main and a turn you're not beating up the villain. That turn should be a little more meaningful for our villains. I at least uh, theme, theme explained this, right? You get a hazard symbol, so you're drawing an extra encounter card. So like the villain's holding this machine, and whatever he wants to appear appears, and it appears to be an extra encounter card, whatever's on it. So <laughs> yeah, it's a good. They theme almost way. got the theme. Yeah, yeah, we'll take it. Yeah, and then Yang Rog is empowering the Psychic Magnetron because that's but no, that it, it is not in the hands of Yang Rog. He's gladly given up to Rhino. Or yes. whoever you're playing. <laughs> Which doesn't sound like Round Rock to me from what we've heard of him. He's not a giving type. No, I guess not. Um, but he is a manipulator. What kind, mm. What oh, kind, oh. Daniel? Well, I'll tell you what kind, Steve. He's a Cree manipulator. That's a treachery. The best kind of manipulator there is. Can't think of a better one. So, Cree manipulator is a treachery. It's got Surge. Uh, when revealed, place one threat on the main scheme. Oof. And wow. it does have a boost effect. If the villain is making an undefended attack, place one threat on the main scheme. It's. I don't mind seeing this card. Man. I mean, the surge stinks, but I don't mind seeing this card if I'm a hero. No, no, no. This is weak sauce for a nemesis deck. Yeah. Is this the weakest nemesis card we've seen ever? Yeah. I, I mean, it surges, that. right? So it, it replaces itself. I think some yeah. of Thomas Edison's stuff was pretty weak too, including his penile robot. <laughs> I must be I must be bad at this game. I've lost to this card before, mainly because of the surge, right? It, the surge basically just says whatever card comes next, also make it say place one threat on the main scheme. Yeah. And if you took, like an advance and the advance said plus one threat on the main scheme, that'd be bad. Yeah, that's true. It, it does replace itself. So, I mean, if it didn't have surge, it would be terrible, I think. Um, yeah, maybe. I guess I just want more from a Nemesis deck, you know? Like, that's all. A lot of cards have Surge on them. Do they have other effects that are better than plus one on the... I mean, look, I totally get the point that that's how you lose the game. So if you're dancing close to that loss threshold, I guess that's really on you as a hero. Yeah. Um, (laughs) I I think the disappointment is... uh, Daniel has it right. It's a Nemesis card, so it's only going to get shuffled into the deck... If Shadows of the Past comes up, right, like you're gonna see it one every thirty games, and like, yeah, yeah, you want to have a little more agency, yeah, absolutely. What do we right. think about the boost? At least that's a little interesting. I have we seen on defended attack related stuff before triggers. I don't remember any, but maybe I, I, my memory is not great. The leader of the wrecking crew gets a bigger attack if he's undefended. Okay, I just so based yeah. on his name. That's it. So that's you mean, that's, you mean the wrecker. <laughs> The Wrecker! Yeah, that's it. <laughs> oh, it could have been Crew, I guess. His name could have been Crew. I just, I really, that boost effect is disappointing. Uh, yeah, but sometimes people will say, ah, oh, you know, I can take it. I'm not going to defend. Mm-hmm. And whoop, one more threat. It's not It's not going to break the game unless you're one away from losing. Right. Yeah, and Carol, specifically, with her low defense, 
likely won't be defending anyways herself right Mm -hmm. i mean not a lot of people put on her helmet and then defend and i don't feel like that happened so yeah you might just take this undefended so so yeah Yeah. one one threat ffg one threat and of course if this comes up when it's when it's not making an attack say when the villain is scheming it's a dud yes true well this last card is where it's at i think yan rog's treason is a treachery when revealed discard each energy resource from your hand if you discarded no cards this way this card gains surge and has one boost icon does everyone need to do that or it gains surge just the revealer i think just i think you, you, uh, you, oh, yeah, you yeah, yeah 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 how cool would it be if everyone had to do it and it got surge for everyone who couldn't oh yeah now, be- now you're talking fantasy there <laughs> i don't I'm think they'll ever true. design a card that strong i'm talking true villainy moose yeah that's so I drew this as Iron Man with seven cards in my hand once, and he discarded all seven cards. It was brutal. Yeah, ouch. I still got to, you know, like do 10 things because I had all my tech armor out. But I was going to say, you still won handily though, right? Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and it didn't get Surge. Hey, there you go. And uh, insulting one icon, honestly. They should stop making cards with no or one icons on them. I want to see an, a card with four one of these days. Because the heroes Yikes. keep getting stronger, right? Like, I, I guess this is tied to Ms. Marvel. I'm sorry, Captain Marvel. Yeah, and, and being tied to her, she is, you know, you are going for energy resources. That's You've right. got, you know, all of her cards are, are keyed off of energy for the most part or they produce energy, this is going to hurt her pretty good. I think this is well-tuned for Captain Marvel. Yeah, not bad. A, a solid B-. minus. It's going to be very... Uh, it's just going to surge if you're playing Hulk. <laughs> so... <laughs> most most yeah, right. Yeah. He's just going to have lots of physical resources. So if I were to grade this whole set, it's gonna. I'm going to have to go low, guys. I'm sorry. Are we grading them now? Daniel kind of is. <laughs> I, I feel like I've given a letter grade to everyone, haven't I? That's pretty close. Okay. Yep. I, yeah, I can't help myself. And I hate grades, so I don't know why I'm doing this. But this is a C minus D plus to me, this whole pack. Huh? I agree. This is D plus work. Phoned it in. Yeah, I just. Captain Marvel is a very, very strong hero. I think needs a Nemesis deck to really hurt her. Other than this last card, the Treason, which seems related to her, the rest of it doesn't and doesn't seem like it would do much to her. Right. And the irony is the, the, the quote that they put on Yanrog's card, it isn't real power unless they fear you. Well, Yanrog, they don't fear you because it's you're not real power. Pathetic. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. This. You know what they should do? They should do what they did with Arkham and do like return to Marvel or, and like make upgraded versions of these cards. Return to Yanrog. Yanrog 2. Yeah, whatever. Right. They can name it whatever they want. There's a great community content out there called The Return Of that some uh, person made. Absolutely, yes. That some person made. I don't know who made those. Kennedy Huck, do you trash. know who made those? I think it was some trash person um, that was doing it really late at night when their kids were asleep or something. Yeah. But yeah, but, you, you can find them if you scour around online. Yeah, you can, you can head right over to HallOfHeroesLCG.com, right? You can find a bunch of yeah, them Yeah, I think they're posted on there under the custom contents. So there's a return to for the first four scenarios, and they're modules, modules that mix in with the villain. So there's a return to Rhino that's meant to like emphasize Rhino's strong points, and a return to Claw meant to emphasize his strong points. And you can awesome. use them as the module, or you can mix them in like on top of it, because almost all the cards have Surge. So you guys will love that. The, the fatal flaw in that kind of thinking appears to me that to assume that Rhino actually has strong points. Oh, he does. He's very strong. 
Yeah, that's what he says. <laughs> yeah, uh, Kenny, how can I play uh, that return of the Rhino during the LCG con? And that was a lot of fun. You did? Yeah, it was uh, still one, but it's the thing that I missed closer. entirely because I was working. Um, but maybe you should have done it with the Archvillain because I heard that you guys got stomped. Oh, that's Who lied for... and told you that? That's a story for another day. <laughs> okay. It wasn't me. <laughs> yeah, story for another day. Yeah, how on earth did Dan get on the show, Steve? Seriously, I, after, I don't after know. That. I don't know. He's a good villain. He tricked us. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah, he, he infiltrated our secret lair. All right. Well, let me tell you where you can find us, everybody, at our secret lair. We're at uh, criticalencounterspot at gmail.com. We're on Facebook as well, Critical Encounters. On Discord, we are Vardain, The Truth, Kennedy Hawk, and Big Foam Loaf. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. <laughs> Kennedy Hawk, why don't you take us out? The world now belongs to the Kree Empire. <laughs> <laughs>